0: This is the one and the only Supernaturalist podcast show. This show exists to connect, equip, and promote emerging Supernaturalists on a global level. I trust that's why you're listening. It's your desire to see God's kingdom come. His will be done, established through your daily creative contribution. It's such an honor to have you listening to the show today. If we haven't met yet, my name is Darren. Darren Stott, author of a book called Pattern Interrupt. Check it out on Amazon. Again, Pattern Interrupt. You can do the paperback, the Kindle version, or for those of you that are still learning to read, like me, you can listen to the Audible version, which is a good time. You just drive down the road, have it being read to you and stuff. Super cool. Pattern Interrupt on Amazon. Amazon. Also, I'm pastor of a church, an Epcot, an experimental prototype community of tomorrow. A little more in a church called Seattle Revival Center. Check us out online, SeattleRevivalCenter.com. We're doing some cool stuff, and founder of Supernaturalist Ministries. All kinds of crazy supernatural things are unfolding on the earth, and we are here to talk about it. And today, I have a two-hour conversation with Brittany Nordvitt. Now, Brittany is a singer, a songwriter, an actress, worship leader, music and film producer, was based out of Hollywood, originally from Seattle, who at the age of 14 began performing across the U.S., Europe, Asia, Central America. She performed at the Emmy Awards Governor's Ball with The Voice winner Jordan Smith. Hello, Jordan Smith, anyone? Yeah, yeah. All right. Brittany also has written, produced, and performed music for television, film, commercials, web series, and theater, including co-writing and performing the theme song for Nickelodeon's uh, parental discretion with the amazing Stephanie Wilder Taylor. Okay. Brittany, along with her younger sister Bray, released four singles as the pop duo, quotations B, quotations two of which were played on Top 40 Radio in the UK back in 2014. She released her first EP as a solo artist, Unstoppable, and this past fall dropped a new project called 12 Style, inspired and dedicated to her hometown, Seattle Seahawks. Over the years, Brittany has been acting, hosting, and entertaining through all sorts of various media means, and that's what we talk about today. We talk about... The entertainment industry, the entertainment business, the foundation of entertainment and how we can serve this scene by better understanding this scene with the hope of perhaps maybe even creating a a counter scene. And so we dive into a, a, a big conversation. If you love the whole kind of entertainment thing, if you love movies and music and, and, uh, that kind of stuff. You're gonna love. You're gonna love this this podcast. And I just want to encourage you to make sure that you connect with Brittany. Uh, and to do that, we've included all of her links and web addresses in the show notes. Um, but you can find her. I'll just throw out her handle real quick on Facebook and YouTube. Just put in her name again. It's Brittany Nordvet. And so, without any further ado, let's dive into this interview uh, with Brittany right here right now on the supernaturalist podcast show let's go connecting equipping and promoting emerging Ha <laughs> they've created for such a time as this all right and here we go <laughs> there is more he said what Brittany, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Welcome back to Seattle.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: And Exciting. you just got done with a conference? Yes. And yes. I guess it was more than a conference, right? Like
1: Absolutely. You
0: guys were just kind of going after some stuff. and
1: We were. Yeah, it was really fun, kind of a fresh environment of bringing sons together in the context of mission and business and creativity and just building more family relationship. So.
0: Awesome. 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 Yeah. Now, last time you were in Seattle, uh, uh, you were, at, you were actually living in, in LA. Yeah. Like last. So, okay. So last time you visited Seattle and we connected, that's probably about gosh, probably about a year ago. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, you,
0: you, I think probably
1: a year and a half a year
0: and a half ago. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You were, you were in LA, you're doing all kinds of stuff there. You, you have kind of like a media assignment on you as well as kind of this governmental, um, assignment and they, they overlay and they overact. Um, with, with each other, yeah. but what's kind of happening in the whole kind of entertainment thing and scene with you? Like, well, like, what what, what have you been up to?
1: Well, it's been interesting because, yeah, I haven't been back in L.A. in almost, well, yeah, since last Seattle, so a little over a year, and the Lord's kind of taken me into this hidden place in the natural, um, but we've still been facilitating things in the spirit regarding just Hollywood and in, in the mountain and um, we've been just really seeking the Lord and how to shift the structures that aren't looking like heaven.
0: Okay. And uh, there, there's a few of those.
1: Yes. Yes. There's a few <laughs> in Hollywood. Yeah. And, and then also just going in for the blueprints in how to build what does look like heaven and how Hollywood is meant to look like how God created it. And so um, and there's definitely been stirring. I mean, we've seen a lot in the news of stuff being exposed amongst the false structures in, in some of the, you know, powerful people who've been kind of, you know, forming what that looks like. Um, so that's good that that's being exposed and kind of dealt with. I want, I
0: want to dive into that okay. a little bit if we could. Sure. Um, how long were you in? How long were you in uh, Hollywood for? About 12 years. Wait, you were there for 12 years? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot, lot longer than I, than I realized. Yeah. Yeah. And it was that just, like, um, super intense, like, being in that just whole kind of scene? I mean, I, I can only imagine, like, the the people go there to to not be hidden. People yeah. go there to be um discovered. Uh-huh. And um but you went there specifically to be kind of hidden and embedded into that whole kind of scene, right?
1: Yeah, I I didn't know I was going there to be hidden at first. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> like I had you know a piece of the vision, this big picture the Lord was showing me like you're, you know, I did I grew up doing music and had a passion for acting. And like, so I was already functioning like with those gifts. And then I had a heart to create content that was releasing truth and life and just all aspects of who God is in a mainstream way and in a pure way. And the Lord had been showing me that he was going to be launching a new kingdom system within the center of the current system, not like Aside, off to the side, like the Christian industry had been. Not that that's bad. Sure, sure. But it served a different function, right? And so, um, and that this new system would explode and go beyond what that current system had been able to do, and help facilitate God's people to really be who they're created to be, uh, as stars that don't draw glory for themselves but point to God, their Creator, and so. I moved down and I'm thinking like I, my mom, my mom always jokes. Cause I said something to her when I was moving down, I I went down after college at age 22 and um, I was like, mom, you never know this might happen by Christmas. Sure. Like all the, this whole shift and, you know, and that was in October, you know, and she just kind of like laughs cause I thought all of it was going to happen so quickly. And so it was definitely really what the Lord took me into was this boot camp. Wow, wow. And really for the first eight years, it was like he he would open doors like he opened doors in music. So I started recording and got a band together and started performing gigs and and we started uh, a prayer meeting in Hollywood. So that was kind
0: of the thing, like you were going there to kind of dive into like the, the music kind of scene within Hollywood or the, or music and acting
1: and acting too. And acting too. I hadn't done as much acting. Right. So, um, so music was already, I had already been doing that professionally to a degree, um, coming out from Seattle. And so I knew like that was what I had the most experience and stuff, but I was excited to pursue and explore acting more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so,
0: so you assemble a band. You're putting this band together, and then that's also kind of turning into this like kind of prayer gathering. Yeah. And so there's kind of this um, spiritual, kind of churchy, kind of kind of dynamic that's starting to form.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we were just praying for a revival in Hollywood, and and then these doors were opening, and we were playing in these clubs, and then I'm I'm getting to experience what the club atmosphere felt like because it was very dark but it was exciting cause I I've always loved being in the dark places and just sure. releasing the light and just, and not being, you know, overtly like Christian easy and like, sure, sure, you sure. know, just yeah. Loving them in a, in a way that they can respond to, you know? And, um, so we, we had some, you know, just interesting experiences with that. And then at one point the Lord was like, okay, you need to stop with this band I'm gonna shift and I was like, but we're getting into all this momentum, like why? You know? Yeah. Um, and he's like, Trust me. And so I was like, Okay, we need to kinda cool it for a moment, I'm not sure why. And then he opened the door into acting, and then suddenly I'm I'm in these different acting classes and getting favor with different casting directors and different things and and then I was just like learning and growing with that. And then I actually got I'd, I'd done like a couple of short films in um was just getting a little bit of experience and then i booked my first supporting role in a feature film and i was all excited like yeah super stoked like awesome and i didn't even feel, i'm like really am i i didn't even feel like i was good enough yet like because i was still felt so new and but it, it was like okay this is awesome this is exciting and like we had already had like the cast party, like before we started shooting um, like a month in advance and to just build relationship and kind of get, start getting to know each other and yep, comfortable yep. with each other. And then I think it was four days before we started shooting, the Lord said, you need to turn this roll down. And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> hey, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you <laughs> what? didn't. And he's like, because this would be compromise. Wow. Wow. And I was furious, but part of me knew because the role was very subtly seductive. Okay. Not overtly, like... Sure. Not to the point where if you're watching it, you're like, oh, this is crossing the line. Yep. Yep. But what I would have had to tap into to actually play that, it could have opened a door.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And...
1: And I had never, you know, that hadn't been my life, but it was like, yeah, it was like that was this testing. Interesting. And I was like, why didn't you tell me this a month ago? (laughs) Like, this is very unprofessional, like four days before shooting and here I'm going to, they're going to be pissed at me. Yeah,
0: totally, 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 (laughs) totally, totally. totally.
1: And he's like, are you?
0: How did that conversation go?
1: Oh, well, first the Lord was like, are you going to obey and trust me? And I'm like yeah you know i will but this bridge is going to be burned and sure enough all oh, the director was furious wow and, and i understand like i it's like you know so but
0: you'd already had the pre-shoot party and everything yeah. right like you know like you have to now
1: yeah and so then i'm just praying i'm like lord you need to then provide the right person for them so they don't get right. screwed you know
0: right like, right right
1: and i i trust that he did i I haven't spoken to.
0: How, how, did, how, how did that film do? Do you know, like how how it did after it came out and was released? Like
1: I, I'm not. Sh-
0: did it I make think it to it Netflix? Did. It. It was. That's how you know if it was, it, if it's successful. It was it makes way it before
1: it to- Netflix. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm older than I look.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, because that would be. Do you, have you been in any movies that are on Netflix? No that's act. like a bucket list thing for me like it'd be so cool like i don't even care if i'm like an actor in it but it'd be so cool to just even have your name like on a credit like that, that on would netflix be you know well, what I'm maybe saying? we
1: can we can
0: collaborate yeah. i got some ideas for some crazy crazy movies okay yeah i
1: know some people some people they're
0: not exactly like <laughs> christian movies or more like horror movies but like i got some ideas okay like, like yeah anyways i
1: want to hear these ideas yeah
0: i got an What's idea it? about a moose. Moose. Uh, like like a cre- that, that sounds scary a- no, okay so check it out like a, it's a it's like a a canadian town that's like abandoned it's completely abandoned because this demon possessed moose was like haunting oh my this, like this, like terrorizing this, this small this Canadian a town. Is it cartoon or no? no. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. <laughs> like, That's actually like a good kind of
1: idea. Animation or Pixar <laughs> live action? It's, okay, it's
0: Pixar's first horror movie, right? <laughs> um, and then these guys, like they go like these guys, like maybe it's a like the filmmakers. Yeah, it's like Blair Witch, right? Uh-huh. And and, uh, and they go back to this town okay. to find to hunt to kill this this moose that had been Whoa. that terrorized so it's totally like a black comedy. It's kind of like, like okay. you know, it's kind of like these guys with thick Canadian accents. You know, it's very Blair Witchy, like you know, like with the camera, nice. and you hear the moose out we in the need woods. More of that, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! Like it was boogers <laughs> going everywhere. But like, it but can't you just like I, I know, enough of. It's not you know. But I, I you know, so I got ideas. Okay. So if you know we'll, people, we'll if talk you wanna, more. We'll yeah. talk more. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that I've hijacked <laughs> your your storyline, but you were you were obedient to the Lord. Worse. <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome so you're obedient to the Lord and you met with him they were furious but it was really yeah. kind of like it was kind of a test for where the Lord was going to be taking you and-,
1: yeah. and and literally that was the last acting that I did and the Lord basically said when it's time to go back into acting you're not going to go in the same process oh interesting I'm going to open the doors and so don't look for it basically cool. it'll cool. come to you and then he redirected my focus back to music. And, and my younger sister actually had moved right around that time down and we started doing music together. Awesome. Which that was a fun season as well. And so, and basically like for eight, the first eight years, it was like these, I'd get thrown in and favor and open doors in one area. And then I'd just be learning how they operated but then every time there would be a point that God would pull me out because to go further, I would have to compromise.
0: Interesting, yeah, interesting.
1: And every time it was a test, am I wanting to, am I getting tired of waiting and wanting to like, okay, I'm just gonna make this happen because there's opportunities here and this is what I'm here to do and or am I gonna trust God's best And ultimately, that's all I've ever wanted because I've I've never wanted to become an artist in any capacity or person for that matter. Sure, sure. That professes the name of Jesus yet is doing things in the way of the world.
0: Totally. Yeah.
1: Because like, and that's what I was seeing. So many believers. Like, I'd have pockets of friends, and I'm like, yes, we can change this together. And then they would slowly choose compromise. And then I'm like,
0: because, because, because of the pressure to compromise, or do you think that a compromise was already there, but it was kind of more of like a Christian name only, or, or were these like sincere, legit Christians that were compromising in order to make it in the scene?
1: Well, both. Cause, cause what I found is in that environment, any selfish motives, any, mm. any type of motives that aren't of God, they will surface. Yeah, Totally. And and it surfaced to me, like there was some ugly stuff that I had like, <laughs> was like, oh wow, I really <laughs> wanna do this my own way right now. Yeah. And it's looking kind of ugly right now. And I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry in this moment, <laughs> but I will be later, I'll repent. But you know, like, so it's, but it, then it's the choice. Am I gonna let God purify that out of me or am I gonna choose to awesome. let that remain and go my own way?
0: That's awesome. So now, because I'm sure there's so much there, like there's so much there in that... during that 12 year period where you're like, you have this band, you're auditioning for these different roles. You're just trying to figure out this whole kind of thing and Mm seeing that, that Hollywood is. And, um, uh, but then over time you ended up kind of like finding yourself there almost on assignment, like that the Lord really put you there. And, um, and, um, when we met, it was right during, it was right during the beginning of the whole me too movement. And a lot of the stuff that was getting exposed and and really Hollywood was right in the center of it. You had to these big name producers mm-hmm. that had been operating in a certain culture with certain very very unhealthy expectations, very abusive expectations, that had been going on for a long time, and all of a sudden it was being exposed. Stuff was being brought into the light, yeah. And, um, and it's really interesting because that's really that really lined up with how you guys were praying and operating governmentally. And is that the kind of yeah. thing where you can bring us into that journey? I know that there's certain sure. things that you can say and certain things that you can't say, perhaps, but <laughs> if you could kind of like. Um, bring us into like what that looked like because you were in Hollywood and probably one of the most um, uh, uh, like it was, I almost think of it almost like a revival in the sense that like, there's a major act of purifying and, and the call mm. for writer. I mean, I, I understand that, that it was also exploited by different organizations and different things, but, sure. but, um, that God was really at work there. And some things, uh, things have radically changed or you'd have to be just a fool to think that you're going to operate underneath that old paradigm, using your power right. uh, to force people into those kinds of situations. So yeah, if you could just bring us into what that, what that particular kind of journey looked like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, after like, a few years of testing and not un- fully understanding the why. Like I understood okay, I'd have to enter compromise and I'm not willing to do that. But then about 5 or 6 years in, the Lord started showing me what the current Hollywood system and mu- music industry and, you know, film and television was built on the foundation and it, a lot of it is actually built on the occult, really and and as I was because I was going after just healing and deliverance and in cleansing bloodline of of stuff that had access to me and my family line. And so I was learning, you know, like anytime you're going into battle, you want to know the enemy's strategy. You don't focus on it because you get a better strategy, right. right? right. And so it's like it's so important for us. To understand what the enemy is doing, and really all he can do is twist how God operates. Interesting, yeah. Because he can't create even his own strategies, but he takes what Yahweh, how he's set things up, and then he twists them and tries to seduce us into trading into that, like he did with Eve, and and then you end up building his kingdom and come, you know, coming under that. Wow. And, wow. And so I yeah, as I was going into that personally, he started like connecting me with legit resources and legit people who knew what was going on. And and when you understand how they operate, um, you see it all over Hollywood. And and that's why like the whole you know, and you'd hear you'd hear rumors about the casting couch and like where w- women would have to sleep their way to get certain roles, and um, and then you'd hear stuff of for like music artists like selling their soul to the devil or or signing blood contracts and different things. You know, I'd, I'd heard little things, but, sure, but sure. then I started actually seeing. Oh, this is actually how the cult operates, and because in heaven the two most powerful things is the blood of Jesus and the DNA of Christ. Wow, it's like the blood like shifts the alignment so you can enter into the dna and become who he is and so the enemy uses is blood sacrifice and sexual trades to gain power and control over people and so
0: so power is the is the attraction yeah underneath it all it's a it's a um trading into that place of power even probably more so than influence. I think oftentimes in the church influence is the is the big hip word like I want to have influence I want to be in ho- I want to but 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 what I've noticed is oftentimes in the contrasting kingdoms <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that are not of the kingdom of light it's not really about influence as much as it is um, that place of, of or even money for that factor. like people would rather have power than to have influence or money. And to do anything for it, so it's really interesting mm-hmm. what you're talking about.
1: Well, and what in what a lot of the body Christ doesn't understand. The people, like, are are the majority of people, both in the church and just society, think influence means you're famous, you're in the spotlight. That's right.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: But what influence is is actually having power to shape things. So the people who actually truly have the most influence are in the shadows and nobody knows who they are. Wow. Wow. And if the enemy they probably
0: prefer it that way. Exactly. They don't want to be the poster child for, (laughs) yeah, they want to be the puppet master behind.
1: Exactly. And then they choose vulnerable people with gifts and talents and personality to be the faces of it, who are puppets for their agenda. And if people really knew what they were up to, wouldn't buy into all of it wow and and if the enemy is mimicking god what was the last thing that jesus told the disciples he said go make disciples of all nations he didn't just say disciple people like salvation and revival and stuff he said disciple nations well that's essentially what they've been doing
0: wow wow
1: because music entertainment and media have shaped the mindset of our global generation. That's actually what's been discipling more than the church, more than the schools, is because these kids are listening to music 24-7, and now with the phone, like, that's what is, and so much of it is subconscious, and a lot of it, the parents, you know, don't even know about it, but it's like, okay, who's really discipling this generation? Who's really influencing? It's not the ones with... 50 million people on social media it's those who are their handlers or their puppet masters are kind of setting the agenda through the record labels or who are financing what's going on because they call the shots because without that
0: so it's not because i think there's, there's there's this idea that um that let's find what sells and then let's that let's market that which is marketable Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is, is that's that's not necessarily what's what's taking place, that there's actually a very subversive, hellish agenda that's determining what's going to be marketable. And then that's what's what that's what's being fed to people like that's the allure, the seduction in it of of, let's not give people what they want. Let's tell them what they want. And then let's and then let's provide it for them.
1: Exactly. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and then and I'm so glad that we're talking about this because there has to be a radical shift in how we think and how we process regarding. What wealth is, or more importantly, what it's not, what influence is, and what it's not, and what power or real, like power basically being ability.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And to a great degree, I think that um, many people have felt like we've lost all of our ability to be able to function. And then we go Mm -hmm. right to, well, it's because we don't have the money. To find, and so, to a great degree, a, a lot of our values have been far off because of our, our understanding of how things are actually operating yeah um, in the kingdom and in the contrasting kingdom. so I find this conversation so fascinating. come on how did you like kind of stumble on some it was this stuff that you saw in the spirit or just stuff that you were just hearing from kind of the from the kind of the entertainment community?
1: Well, the first person was a, f- a friend of mine at church um and we started just praying for hollywood together um even just the two of us um and she actually told me that cuz so, something brought up freemasonry mm. um so i don't know if we were talking about cleansing or healing in our bloodlines or what but um then she said do you know that the entertainment industry is built on freemasonry and i was like no you know and she and she was the one who gave me the first um, legit website and source, and and she was like, I don't remember how she learned, but she was like, the Lord never lets me tell anybody this, wow. but he wow. told me to tell you, and so that's kind of what led it. So at first it was just the two of us, kind of like, okay, we need to find out what's going on, and then and then the Lord started connecting me, and and really. When then I'm I'm learning all this. I'm like, well, no wonder I can't be a part of it. And the Lord was showing me as well, you can't change a system if the foundation is corrupt. That's right. You have to build an entirely new foundation. And so I was like, okay. Currently, God has been sending in people to make an impact and they've impacted people but you can't change the system until you build the new system. It's like when when the Lord tells Jeremiah you're called to tear down and uproot, right. plant and build. It's like, you know, and so... Um, in diving into that new
0: system do do you have an idea of what kind of the the aspects or the um the parts of that system are like are like what i'm getting at is like how practical is is it like we're talking distribution um advertising Mm. even the theaters themselves we need a a completely contrasting system or is it more kind of like spiritual dynamics and what is what what is being built on
1: well really um because some of those are just platforms yeah so but the, like the foundation is first and foremost, the Ecclesia. Okay. So like the Lord was showing me as well. And, and I'm not saying anything bad about the systems, but now he's bringing us into the higher. Right. And so, um, even the church system has functioned. I mean, really since Constantine came into the picture, he, he shifted how the church had been functioning in acts and, he put a new governmental structure in place mm-hmm. that worked with his kingdom and kind of set up him overseeing all of it. And, um, kind of a, a
0: Roman prototype.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so that's literally still the system that we're operating in. And so I, I believe that's why the church has been limited because even those who you know want revival and they're pure hearted and God's doing stuff, Because the structures are still modeled after what Constantine put in place, not what God did, it can only go so far. It can only do so much. And I mean, you look through all all of scripture, God is so particular, like these are the blueprints for the tabernacle. These are the blueprints for the temple. It has to look like heaven so I can come down.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't want to just like, oh, here's a little trickle and here's a little trickle and everyone's like, woo, we got drunk. And that's good.
0: <laughs> totally.
1: But what good is us getting you know, drunk and joyful it, drunk in the spirit. <laughs> <What>
0: <laughs> I good is getting drunk in church? You're like, what are you talking about, Brady? <laughs> like, yeah.
1: like just, you know, Absolutely. feeling that if we're not putting it into governmental practice. Like, that's right. Because we're, we're sons first. So everything in the kingdom of God is first and foremost family. We are sons we have that inheritance of our father, but then we're kings and we're priests.
0: Yeah, that's true. So
1: we have to learn to operate out of government and that has structure and that has protocols and systems that God is very particular about. And so he's been showing us those governmental systems. And and also like, even when Jesus talked about the Ecclesia, they were known as the called out ones. It, it was, they, they had their own realms of function that they were responsible for in their daily lives and then they would come together to make governmental decisions over these realms of society. When they came together, it was not under one person's name, it was not under an organization, it was as, sons, as people, they were coming together for government, For the benefit and this the discipling of you know that region or wherever whatever was under their responsibility, and then they'd go back into their realms, Um, and so that's another thing where a lot of with the church structure it's like, hey, come into the church, but there's this limitation in what the Lord's shown us because even you know. Um, is it Paul who who mentions the foundation is the apostles and prophets. So like Christ is the head. Mm -hmm. We're his body and the apostles and prophets or the sons are the foundation. So when this is functioning as a foundation, everything is birthed out from and there's no limits. So like building family and training people to operate out of the government of heaven and those structures, then it's like, oh, you're called to develop this business or you have this creative gift and or you have this technology. Let's, as sons, come together, get the in relationship and out of our seats in heaven, in Zion, let's get the blueprints and help you build this and birth this as a foundation and alongside not as oh you're you're under my authority and you're just Absolutely. serving into this church you know and so it's it's literally it's flipping the mindset and setting things up for forever expansion and limitlessness and it's all interconnected and then it's not attached to You know, one person or one organization.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, absolutely. And I'm just thinking about like, um, like, uh, how we tend to, when we think about like the kingdom, we tend to contextualize that within, um, church, like, I almost called it churchianity, but we, we, we we take our whole Christian experience and we, we encapsulate it into a Sunday Mm. and maybe a, a Wednesday. When you look at statistics, People that do identify as Christian um, typically um, maybe go to church once once a month. So okay. if the entirety of your of your um, sonship experience is being contained in one Sunday a month, and then you're asking the question of how do I bring um, kingdom integration into society? Uh-huh. It's it's almost impossible because you're not. There's not even going to be a uh, an. Uh, um, Contextualization for your own identity and, and how does that integrate into your work and, and everything else like that? Yeah, and what I think is really interesting is the marketplace and the massive revolution that's taken place in the marketplace, in the sense that there's still hierarchy, and that you have a C- CEOs, CFOs, COOs, you have a certain level hierarchy, mm-hmm. but in the visionering, capacity you have like these assignments or, or the vision and then it's it's like your hub point and then you have your creatives and your mm. and your your marketing and uh, R&D all that all these guys begin to hub out the hierarchy model even though it exists kind of corporately within the structure is still there that nobody is submitted to like that paradigm is the paradigm's mm. not restricting them because they have empowered and they're almost governing over, like they've given given so much freedom, and um, I, I think that that's happening within. I think that it's slowly. Be, I think that the, unfortunately, the business realm, the marketplace. Not I shouldn't say unfortunately. I think that God's in this, and there there's like just this new paradigm for leadership and family mm-hmm. um, that's being demonstrated in in the marketplace. Like you said, it's being demonstrated in heaven. And so we should be, we should be getting our models and blueprints from heaven and not from Microsoft and Google. Yeah. But I I am encouraged to see that even just that old school, heavy handed form of leadership and forced submission for the most Mm -hmm. part in Seattle is not going to fly. Like you can Mm -hmm. try to lead something like that, but you're going to be, end up leading a very small cult because there's just been Mm -hmm. so much. Um, I think health <laughs> has just come into, like, into the culture that says like, no, I'm not going to be controlled and manipulated. Right. Um, like, that's not healthy, you know and that's not mm-hmm. family, that's not heaven. So mm-hmm. like, so I'm really encouraged, even if people aren't using the same word choice, that a massive heavenly shift has, is occurring across the fabric, I think, yeah. of, of, of humanity. And I think that people that have wisdom to be able to say, Let's do something really cool but I'm not going to force you to come underneath my leadership. No, mm-hmm. let's come around instead of coming around right. me a person. Like, "Hey, I'm Darren, I'm awesome. Who wants to <laughs> partner with me and so into me?" It's no, no, no. Like, "Hey, let's collectively f- find the father's assignment for the earth. And then let's bring the key individuals and sons around that assignment. So that's how we're trying to visioneer and think even here at SRC of this kind of this banner kind of thing that we're going after. And then all these assignments Mm -hmm. one at a time. But so I like how you're phrasing it and building it with your word choice, but you're right. That is the foundation that we can begin to build upon because then we're not building a, a man or a man's mission, but we're building this, this kingdom thing on the earth and driving out darkness and, and the kind of darkness that still exists within the religious structures.
1: Yeah. That's great. When you're mentioning how some of these companies like Microsoft and stuff are, are starting to shift in this. And, and really that's rooted in the sun's operating and government that's shifting because even if we haven't fully been manifesting the new structures in the earth we're shifting in the spirit and so that's able to start being released out of heaven and so god is releasing that into current structures so that part of his dna is coming out even though it's not the complete thing awesome because it's being given access to anyone who's going after it whether they know him or not and so um yeah so that is encouraging because that's just shifting as and i know like you guys are governmentally like you're shifting things in the atmosphere over this whole greater Seattle area and so like that's a key part and you know there's others as well and
0: absolutely so it's like okay
1: we're 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 doing our job we're learning to do our job amen and it's still just the beginning we have so much to grow in as sons and as kings and priests but it's like okay it's it's happening we're like yay let's keep going <laughs>
0: stuff is changing right yeah like, yeah ab- absolutely um i'm still curious what how are you what are you seeing foundationally or like counter system when it comes to entertainment i didn't know we were actually going to go in this direction we were talking I, I know this is where we started so it makes sense that we're here but yeah. I, i'm but i am loving this conversation yeah, so this like is good. like what do you what do you see what are you seeing as far as like um because I do know that that sometimes in the church I've heard a negative, um, like this negative. Like I've heard even like entertainment being ascribed to like the spirit of Jezebel, right? Like like any any form of entertainment is wrong, or especially the making fun of any any form of entertainment in the church. I don't. You know, like you know, like that's just entertainment. As if entertainment is this. So it makes sense that there's not a lot of Christian pioneers in the entertainment. Like they started off Christian and then they weren't celebrated in the church, and so they had to go somewhere where they'd be <laughs> celebrated. Perhaps right. we've heard that story, right? Yeah. Um, and it always cracks me up too when people are like, "Did you hear they were raised?" Like sometimes I wonder if some of these stories are actually true, right? Like that was actually a pastor's guy. Right? You know, I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah. What What do you see as far as like a um a counter a counter scene that mm-hmm. could actually be just as quali- like more have more quality than even the existing kind of structure like what, what right what, how could that even happen
1: so okay so f- first to lay a bit of foundation for that is what is the very first thing that yahweh did he created so
0: i was gonna say turn water into wine Yes. But that was Jesus. That's Jesus. All right, let's go back. You want to, uh, you even, want to start in the beginning? Even further back. The yeah. very, yes. My Trinitarian theology. No. Go
1: ahead. Well,
0: no, just but even,
1: even Jesus cre- that was creating. Absolutely. Right? That was yeah. yeah absolutely. It was absolutely. Shifting the matter to create something.
0: No, you're right. You're right. You're right.
1: But and and so and it's interesting because what is art, entertainment? It's all it's creating. And awesome. if you look throughout all of history. What do people go to to be inspired by? They go to the theater. They listen. Like, even in the ancient times, it was like there was some form of creativity that inspired them. Even if it was purely for entertainment purposes, it's like it's striking a chord in you. Like, there's more.
0: That's interesting. There's, yeah, that's really interesting.
1: And And I want to create. And I want to... And so, um,
0: so the theater and television, movies, music, all of this stuff kind of takes us back to G- Genesis 1. It kind of takes us back to that origin point, and, and there's something that resonates with us.
1: It does. That's, like, very, that's fascinating. If he's ultimately our creator and we're to be like him, our highest calling is actually to create and co-create with him. Wow, that's awesome. And, and also, if you look throughout history... When Every time there's a major acceleration of technology and awareness and shifting in culture, it was a time where the arts and entertainment were very prevalent and new sounds were being released, new art was being released. And I don't think that's an accident. I think, and to me, I think that's a part of our worship. I think a part, I mean, everything's, out of a heart of worship but it's like god is fun and it's i think entertainment is deep like it's not just a certain i mean sure anything you can turn into surfacy and meaningless or dumb or crass or whatever um but there's just such depth to it like laughing loud like just the joy of the lord is our strength I can tap into joy by watching something that is so freaking funny, and like you're just like, ah, oh, I don't know, I like. Sure. I think Jesus was hilarious. Like I years ago. Side note, but it has to do with it. Years ago, I thought I got this vision for, and I th- I feel like this may be a film or something that the Lord has me right, do at sweet. some point.
0: I hope it's a better idea than my loose <laughs> <next> idea. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I can top that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's better.
1: <laughs> but I was just, I was so tired of all these people thinking that Jesus was this calm, boring person. And I was like, you know, and I'd had a re- I've had a relationship with him my whole life and I'm like, he's hilarious. And he's so creative. And so I was thinking of this, this modern day version of Jesus. And I was like, you know who I would cast as Jesus? Will Smith.
0: Will Smith. I, I, I never would have guessed.
1: <laughs> I lit Oh, I should have let you. <laughs> but I was like, interesting, because this authority and like this masculinity, but then freaking hilarious.
0: Totally, totally, totally,
1: and like captivating in both context, you know, I was just like that. I've Straight been
0: like- out of Bethlehem, born and
1: raised on a playground. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got one little fight. Come on. Sorry. You might have to <laughs> write, write <laughs> that whole thing. Um, do a parody on it. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So, but yeah, so I, to me, it's like every, in God's constantly creating, you know, even what he created in the earth isn't the only thing. And I believe there's always new things being created, you know, in realms of heaven and, and we're, we're called to help do that. So, um, but yeah, going back to like music and entertainment, entertainment, I think is so inspiring and especially, I mean, in most entertainment, like you're releasing, regardless of the intentions, you're releasing some kind of message you want to kind of catch. Cause that's another thing is there's something disarming about a story like like if i'm reading a book that's informational about truth i could already have these subconscious blocks like i don't believe this i don't know if that's true i don't know if this is true but if all of that was put into a novel or a story i'm not going into it with my guard up i'm going in oh it's a story let me and I enter into the story completely open to experiencing it for what it is. And therefore, I receive from it. I receive whatever I'm, I'm impacted by, whatever spirit is attached to it, whatever truth it's trying to release. Totally. And that's what like TV and film does, where it's like, and that's why Jesus told parables
0: yeah absolutely. Like, absolutely.
1: He told stories. He created this visual world for people to enter into, and it helped them receive the truth or or the concepts that he was trying to you know bring them into. And so, yeah, I think, and then entertainment is just disarming. So you receive when you're just like, "Oh, this is fun. Um, and then with music, man. Music is the ultimate because everything is foundationally made up of frequencies, vibrational frequencies. And so, music affects everything. It affects our brainwaves, it affects our bodies. Whatever frequencies are being released to us through music, it's literally transforming our DNA and our molecules and our mindsets, whether we're aware of it or not. And so, music is absolutely key and that's that's something that's just been so huge on my heart because like even even like when I was back in college I was was when I really started writing more seriously and started my first band and I would just write about everything like some of it was worship and some of it was like get on the dance floor like because I love dancing like I I feel like God loves dancing, too. He's doing it all the time. <laughs> like, Because um, it's this expression. and, um, And I remember the first time I wrote this song about being on the dance floor and, like, you're attracted to someone. And it just came out of who I am, right? And I was just like, this is amazing because all we hear about love songs or, you know, Attraction songs—it's lustful, mm-hmm. seductive, perverted, twisted, demeaning, etc. Yeah. And the Lord—and this was like this beautiful kind of just romance and intrigue and clean. And so
0: there's a purity,
1: fun, yeah,
0: yeah, purity in it.
1: Yeah, and and
0: and yeah, it was still fun. So fun, which oftentimes unfortunately, those two concepts get get separated, I think sometimes we think purity, not fun, you know <laughs> you, right, right so well, and that's awesome that's an awesome thought.
1: and the Lord was showing me like a lot of a lot of the the Christian label industry, and it's not not against anybody, of course, again, um but a lot of them have had they they don't necessarily let the christian artists write about love songs unless it's to jesus
2: <laughs> right
1: and what the lord was showing me is therefore the enemy has had full reins on framing up what love and attraction interesting like.
0: interesting interesting and so
1: even all these kids and all my friends growing up all the love songs they were exposed to were perverted and twisted. Yep, yep, and their yep. lives, not all of them, but a lot of their lives started reflecting that. And it was like, where are the songs that are like showing those content? Because, you know, when you hear a married couple tell about how they met and got married and, you know, their romance and stuff, it's like, oh, where are these in the songs? Like,
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: And so, it's
0: a great point.
1: So it's like, and music again it it's it's in the fabric of everything and music is in all of entertainment like every every show and film like there's music every store in the mall you go into there's music so and it's releasing stuff into people that you're receiving subconsciously that creates the belief systems that you don't even know are there
0: so and, that and when you, also when you think of like um of course, the amount of money that's in movie making and filmmaking is obviously a huge, um, right? There's a lot of money in that whole thing and that whole mm-hmm. scene. But then when you look at the, um, what music does, it's a completely different thing. Like if you go to a movie theater, I don't know, you, like there might be a couple hundred people, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a large theater, maybe 400 people or something, mm-hmm. if I, maybe five, I don't know but if you go to a large concert you have thousands and thousands of people like like just think about like you too when they come to and they pack out the seahawks stadium like that's Mm. seventy thousand people and that's sold out like you can't if they if they could fit any more people in there they would
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and um but like when you think about that like movies don't do that like movies don't pack out arenas like like the way the bands do right and then also like uh, as far as I know I I don't know of like a like a revolution or like 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 you know like the kind of things that music stirs up in the emotions. Like you, when you see a movie, like you said, you might laugh like, ha, ah, or cry, mm-hmm. but like very seldom do you see like a whole movie theater, a whole audience participating in a film. And I just yes. think that music, um, almost demands a participate. Like, like there's so, so many different kinds of yeah. styles of music. You can't help it. Like not like, like bang your head to, or tap at least the very least tap your foot to yeah. but some types of music, like especially you play music near kids, And I think you see the most genuine human response, like the most Mm -hmm. inherent kind of genetic response to music, even little babies will respond by dancing or clapping or it's just fascinating how it's a part of our programming, um, you know, versus I think like, like movies and entertainment, it, it's the storyline that identifies with us and takes us perhaps to a far more extreme place than we would typically go. And that's where we're like sucked into the drama of it all Mm. or the absurdity of it all. Right. Because both things are appealing, (laughs) but when it comes to music, I like it there, it, we can't help ourselves (laughs) like music. It like, we are like hopeless to music because Because music's in our DNA, right? Like, it's a part of, like, we were were sung into creation. Like, he sung us into
1: being. And he's constantly singing over us. Yeah. Yeah. That, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, and it's like, if he's constantly singing, we need to be releasing into creation what he's constantly singing, not just over each of us individually, but over creation. It's like that's part of what I believe was going to bring the restoration of all of creation. Not, not only wow. humanity wow. is in, in what music does too. It opens portals. Like I, another thing the Lord showed me was how like King David, he set up this 24, seven tabernacle of worship nonstop and they hadn't even had that before cuz before then only the high priest one day a year could enter the holy of holies right and then he goes and surpasses the protocol god gave cuz he actually he saw what was post christ and tapped into that through the sound of heaven out of worship and created that portal so that the presence of god could come and rest and that was the first time God started calling Jerusalem Zion, Wow. the city wow. of David. Wow, because that's really good. It, that sound that sounded like heaven broke open that portal, allowing and, and creating it. So, oh, this looks and sounds like me. So I can break all these protocols I gave them and come down and rest. And then allowing solomon to manifest the wealth and abundance out of wisdom's house and out of zion into all of jerusalem so beautifully that it drew the rulers of all the earth to come check out what the heck is going on here wow and that's what it is the sound breaks open the portal the structures allow the government and functionality of then manifesting heaven into creation. And that's what we need. I don't believe we can shift the business culture and the technologies without shifting the foundation of the sound and entertainment because that's what's going to break open the portal for the rest to come out and be manifest and land. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's funny. I, I was speaking a couple of weeks ago and um, uh, on a Sunday, and my son wasn't feeling good. So he was on the front row. And I was like, I was kind of having fun, but I was like, you know, God doesn't have a big Xerox machine up in heaven. He's not up there making photocopies of past revivals. Like, we don't need to go back to 1994. <laughs> we don't need to go back to 1948, right? That's good. But th- so, like, I'm saying one thing, but then my, my little boy, you know, Peter, he's not two, he's seven, looks over at his mom and goes, we need to go back to the revival of 1702. Like, so random, right? And so Andrea's like, what? (laughs) And so she Googles revival of 1702. And the, the Queen Anne architectural revival came up. And so I don't know if you're familiar with with that. Like, like, like I wasn't. But what what I found interesting is that the Queen Anne architectural revival took place in a city in the UK,
2: and
0: that and it was basically a whole it was a whole reformation of architecture. Really, that that took place in a city, but then it spread throughout the entirety of the UK. Like it had it had national implications. So, uh, and and so I that's so fascinating because what we've been what we've been can talking or, or conversationally containing like all of these things its not contending like oh god like not no, not a lot right. of groaning about it <laughs> but just this whole place of like cavalling with the lord and, and mm. entangling with his with his agenda for seattle and everything but queen anne in uk and of course we have queen anne yeah here in seattle so it's like it's just fascinating like he one didn't of say the that,
1: governmental mountains
0: yeah one of the main the the mountain in the center of the city so the city is right. surrounded by the seven hills and then but the one is in like the city center, Queen Anne, right? right? Uh-huh. And so, anyways, the thought there of of a movement that could begin in a city, you know, and but the, the movement always begins with the sound. Like there's always a sound, and then mm-hmm. then the movement follows. And we, yeah. I was sharing that with our people, and there was a guy in our church at he's not a part like he was a visitor he'd never been here before he came up to me afterwards he's like you have no idea how significant that particular word was Hmm. then he starts going through the like the musicology Mm. of what music releases on the earth so first comes the sound and then the art follows the art and then the then the culture and how Mm, but he went he started like in the classical music and he took me through like in like five minutes he took me through this like this 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 overarching kind of like music, musicology like this like like the science of music and and this anyways it, it was so fascinating so what you're talking about is if we can begin to capture if we can begin to capture heaven sound like david did if we can see mm-hmm. it and hear it and then begin to reverse engineer these things onto the earth that yeah. they will actually capture not just the heart of a generation but they'll actually begin to capture and create a new, a new heavenly realities on, on on the earth that'll go far beyond Sunday context or far yeah. beyond a local church context.
1: Yeah. Well, interesting that that revival. I totally have a hair in my eye. Sorry. There it goes. Pull it, pull it out. <laughs> like it's not moving. I got some tweezers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I keep them in my office. Oh, <laughs> I just sit here sense.
0: and just kind of, you know.
1: <laughs> um, but how interesting that. You were brought to the architectural revival because architect that's dealing with structures.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So it's the sound and then building the right structures for that to come into.
0: Yeah, that is. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: That's so cool. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna have to look that up.
0: Yeah, it was it was definitely a trip because I was saying one thing and Peter's like, No, we do need to go back. We need to go back to the revival of nineteen seventy <laughs> queen anne in uk and just I love that. pretty crazy
1: huh so cool
0: um what are is if it's cool if i just can kind of switch gear i don't know if there's anything else you wanted to kind of hit on in that hole because there's so much we've opened up so many cans in there
1: right um there was something i wanted to go back to what was it um Oh, you you had asked about then what would the the new structures look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of that we're we're definitely still learning as we go. Um, But definitely out the foundation being the ecclesia of family and people learning to be in their governmental position. Because the thing that can get dangerous is if whether you're ready or not, if you're launched to a high position in especially in music you're operating out of high government so if if you're not set up right you're very vulnerable and can either you're either gonna be used for someone else's agenda um, and, and it, just so many of these people have they're they're literally slaves and they're in so much bondage and so it's like because they didn't know who they were and they didn't know they are functioning as priests but in a twisted way hmm. and and so it's so important and for anyone in any role but especially one that is grabbing the attention of masses is for people to be trained up in in their true identity as sons and have that true family because that's another thing. Life in entertainment is, it can be crazy lonely. Crazy lonely and you never know who is like wanting to take something from you or just be be associated with you and stuff. and, And they're there are few people in the spotlight like that, that have true family that they're safe with, that they can just be like, I'm not on a pedestal. Like I'm just like your bro or your sis, like, you know, um, and so to create that family and, and the family who can handle that, who's not like enamored with success because, I've come across very few Christians who can handle being in those rooms. I've I've been in environments with people at the top of the top, and let me tell you, there's less. I can count on my hands how many people I've known over, you know, the the years that I've I've been doing this that I would feel like I could bring them into those environments with me. Mm-hmm. But I've been praying for years. I'm like, Lord, we need whole groups of people to walk in seeing these people for who they are, not just in a room of like an entertainment event, but to be able to create that atmosphere as family so they can actually come in and learn their identity and become who they are as well. And it's not attached to their platform or their gift. And so, and then as well as those who aren't yet in that place but can be raised up and prepared um, to to step into that and then empowering empowering them to, to really just be who they are um, in every aspect including their creativity and so we're still we're still developing like bi- some of the business structures um, and that's not that's not my expertise. So really, I've, I feel like kind of some, some of our core, like we have the, the conceptual blueprint and the foundational piece to keep it pure and keep it aligned with heaven. But I've just been praying for God to bring experts who are pure and proven trustworthy. Wow to be brought in because it doesn't mean we can't, you know, still go through the radio or go through these other platforms or avenues that are in place, but the governmental structure of operations and empowerment and the values um, and love and honor, that has to be there and developed as a really strong culture relationally and professionally to then go out from and so yeah there's still a lot to see how that's to develop you know um but god is bringing people together who can begin building that
0: yeah that's awesome i mean the 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 word that keeps coming to me when you're talking is just is the word and the value of trust because um what you're talking about is like will like as i step into favor and as i begin to be celebrated can i trust you or mm-hmm. or am i gonna all of a sudden not not trust you anymore because now i'm second guessing the, the motive motives, yeah, yeah behind, behind everything that you're doing like mm-hmm. why is it you didn't want to have coffee before and now now you're bugging me all the time to have coffee right like, yep.
1: and, like and so oh, all of a sudden somebody now
0: I, you can mm-hmm. see where it would where be easy to like um where it would be easy to become very untrusting or very skeptical or suspicious Mm
2: -hmm. when
0: you step into a level of favor, wondering if just everybody's kind of wanting something, you know, wanting something out of you in the same, in the same uh, light, the whole idea of celebrities, celebrities are almost celebrities because of that, because of the, um, the, because of that layer of separation and privacy, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why the gossip magazines and everything do so well because you get an inside look on situations and things that you shouldn't, you know. Right. Here's Brad Pitt buying um, fruit at the grocery store, and right. you get to see these gritty, <gasps> p- these pixelated They're pictures. Just like
2: us. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's kind of what makes you know. But the kingdom is not the kingdom of heaven is not like that, you know. Mm. Like there, are, there aren't those layers of you know. And in the and in the I in, uh, I've been studying James recently, and just like the whole because of the th- this elitist thing that's already penetrating the church mm-hmm. even before constantine had gotten into it right this uh, this this crazy elitist racist um ec- these economic divisions even celebrities in the church like that was already the mm-hmm. disposition of like the human disposition was already inf- infiltrating the church and james is like railing against it like we do not get to do right. this we do not get to take on he calls it worldliness, like, mm. and, um, and, uh, so it's, it is really interesting. Like what you're, what, what, what you're, what you're talking about as far as a new kind of, a new kind of system. And also just this whole, my mind's going just a thousand miles an hour, like this whole place of like the kingdom trying to in- infiltrate, uh, that existing system and, um, and almost kind of like serving it or catering to it. And I'm just thinking of like these underground churches, celebrities, or you, mm. the, you, you you actually have to be invited to. You actually have to be in, like an A list celebrity to go. So mm-hmm. there's different levels of underground churches. Like there's some right. that are like, if you if you're like a grip, you you can get into the church. But there are other ones that you got to be basically a Kardashian to get right. into it. You know. And so on one hand, it's great that there are these missionaries that are kind of coming into that thing. But I also kind of wonder if there's if there's actually um, something that in, if history will actually tell us that maybe that was more harmful to the to the gospel narrative
1: mm.
0: um, in that it was almost kind of catering to the the red rope mm. um, system
1: one well, and, and part of the reason some of them are doing that is because the other believers aren't trustworthy to handle people coming in and so there's not that safety for them totally and they need to be able to have come into families who have It's not just all people like them. You have household mothers and business owners and just like, you know, all kinds of people um, that just see them as family. And that's very hard to find thus far. Um, Yeah,
0: you don't want to have to go to church and get... I mean, I remember when um, Brian Welch... Came mm. here just to attend a conference, mm. and uh, back in 2015, and um, but he's such a stinking sweetheart that guy. He but is. I did feel bad for him because like he's literally doing selfies with people everywhere uh. all the time, just like non nonstop. And so you're right; there has to be like a culture that's created where um, where like, people where people can be honored, but you know they can be honored for their accomplishments. While also their 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 space can be honored and their worship can be honored,
1: yeah. without being
0: worshipped as well, as, like, as a man god. You do
1: that if you go to the concert, then that's that's the place. It's like because that's what they're presenting. But yeah, if they're coming into family, that's not what you bring up. You treat them as family. You get to know that part of them, and so they feel like they can connect and not. Oh, I, I got to always be on or be ready for someone. And, um, yeah, like that type of stuff makes me so like, ah, but <laughs> like, I feel so protective over.
0: You used to like SRC and now you're like, I don't no, know. No,
1: no. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs>
0: those weren't our people. What that am was, I doing here? Yeah. That was the region. I'll blame it on the region. <laughs> no, those are our no. people. No,
1: but, but what's good though is to realize Okay, we need to educate the people on this. That's right. Because right. I'm sure that they didn't even realize what they were doing. That's right. You know, but then that's like, oh, okay. Then let's let's help them understand and and learn how to see them as people, not as celebrities. Because first and foremost, Brian's our brother. Like
0: that's right. That's a-
1: anyone, right. it's like, oh, they're my brother and they're my sister, and and that's another thing. Uh. One, one of the things I was grateful for as well is my first few years in Hollywood, I did catering jobs. So I served for catering companies that put on like these, the Grammys, Oscars, like in a lot of like private home, cool, cool. exclusive celebrity parties and stuff. Yeah. And all my coworkers who were all, you know, trying to make it in the business, you know, they would just be enamored. And I would just be like dropping business cards and headshots. Right, and- oh, oh, what? I mean, I. I've seen coworkers get kicked out of houses because they did that. That was strictly against the rules. (laughs) But, um, it, I would just like watch and ask the Lord what was going on and, and just feel this love for these people. And I knew, wow, he's setting me up to serve them, to, to grow even more in my love for them, to also know how to prepare for whatever my role is. and, you know, other believers. And I just remember being the most, you know, to use the typical terms, the most A-list event I was at was at a very well-known person's home. And I mean, literally every, probably 200 A-listers and everyone is going crazy. And actually most, most of the staff wasn't even allowed in the home. They were just, and, really? prep. and I, was, I was one picked to go in the home. Wow. And at first I was just like standing with a tray, you know, with drinks and then peop- stationary. And then one of, one of the guys came over and was like, hey, can you just start walking around filling everyone's glasses? And that was totally the Lord. So I got to walk in and out of around everybody. And I had a couple moments where I, I had to pull away and I almost started crying because of how broken these wow. people wow. that everybody worships and wants to be like and, and wants to work with. And in one of them in particular, um, I was pouring her champagne and she just looks me in the eye and it it was the most empty, dark, lifeless that I've ever seen. And this is literally one of the most famous people. Is
0: it Julie Roberts? No. Scared <laughs> to <I'm> just start saying your I'll say no
1: to every guess,
0: <laughs> I could resist.
1: <laughs> no, not Julie. No, but it, but it's someone wow. that if but I said the you name, off, it people,
0: caught you off guard because you, you wouldn't expect that, and then well, almost,
1: Actually, it didn't. Well, the magnitude caught me off guard, but I was I was I had already been experiencing it, but for someone who's so inspirational to so many people, I literally, I had to go back and I almost started bawling. Wow. And I was like, Lord, like, we, we've got to be seeing these people. If we're enamored by them or their platform or their gift, we can't see them how he, our father sees wow, them.
0: Wow. That's really good.
1: Therefore we can't truly love them and we can't be entrusted with relationship with them. And therefore, how can they come into knowing who they truly are? When everyone, even those who actually know the truth, can't even see that they're in darkness and they're lost. Okay, if I can't see that, I can't bring them into the truth.
0: Totally, totally.
1: And so... Wow. Uh, I, could, I've, I could go on about that. but, <laughs> But yeah, so it's like that trustworthiness of... And really it's it's found out of love that it's it's not easy but it's that simple. It's like love and then in knowing who I am. It's like I know who I am in Christ. I I've I don't know everything about what that means and I'm still growing in it. But then I can be with these people and not feel like I need something from them. It's like, "Oh no. I actually have everything you need." what can I release into you? You who has billions of followers and billions of dollars and are worshiped for inspiring or being amazing, and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, how how can I love you? And I've been in other contexts where there's been able to be more of a relational interaction and they just melt because they're not used to. Wow,
2: wow, wow.
1: That they're like... And they just start sharing all this stuff with you just because they feel that love. And they don't have people to talk to. They... they <sighs> and when they know... Because they can sense a mile away if someone has a hindered agenda, even if it's in that person's subconscious. Totally. They don't even realize it. Totally. But it... It puts off an energy, it puts off a frequency, and they don't want anything to do with it. And they're around that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, they're around that. That's their life. And so when they experience someone who is just releasing love and seeing who they are and even just spirit to spirit is calling them into their identity and they're just It's it's amazing. And um but to, if we can build a culture of that, it's going to shift so much.
0: You know? Yeah, it's really, really good, and that's and that's and that's what's important. That's what's needed for um, for restoring these foundations, right? It yeah, is, is is that we have to build on on love. Yeah. Because if we don't build on love, then we're going to be approaching everything else through a fractured with fractured lenses and a fractured mindset. Mm-hmm. We'll be approaching money and power and sexuality all through the wrong grid. Yeah. It'll be all motivated by a certain level of probably subconscious selfishness if we haven't yeah. passed these different love tests. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why this conversation is really, really important, because we all need to examine our hearts in regards to <laughs> just idolatry and, yeah. and the worship of. Of man, and most of us would say, Well, if please, Fiverr if ran into a you know, uh, Lady Gaga at the grocery store, I'd be I wouldn't be impressed, but you know, but but you know it when you actually. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why it's so important that we're also really paying attention to the little things that are stirring up within our soul regarding to various emotions like, you know, anger and jealousy and when you see things on TV and, and it stirs up an emotion or it provokes mm-hmm. or it provokes a jealousy or like that can be a form of, of idolatry that yeah. the Lord's trying to deal with stuff in us so that, that he can it goes back to trust, so that he can really entrust us with these people that yeah. he loves that he loves so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I remember one time. and My friends still don't believe that this happened, but I was like, I was working in West Seattle, and my something happened with my car. And um, I had like this old Mercedes, and it was super sweet, but it had a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, and it broke. It was breaking down or overheating or something. So I took it to this auto parts store, mm-hmm. and there was this guy with this truck, and I needed like a wrench or something, right? So I remember I went and asked this guy for for a a wrench and um and he was like you know (laughs) It, it was it was stinking Eddie Vedder. It told, like it was Eddie Vedder, and he was like, and he gave me a wrench, and he had a, like, and so I told my friends about. They're like, that was not Eddie Vedder. Like, why would Eddie Vedder have an old truck and like a wrench? Like, what would he be doing it? Like, shucks, like he's not gonna. And um and then you know and then uh, several years later, yeah, I heard like Eddie Vedder. He lives in West Seattle, and like and like he's a big car guy, and like he's got old old trucks. Oh, I was, like I that was stinking. That was stinking Eddie Vedder. <laughs> So, nice. yeah, Jesus, we just declare our salvation mm. for Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Eddie's stinking better. He's like one of my childhood.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. So, Father, I repent of idolatry. I've <laughs> talking about people need to You're repent of idolatry. Out, and then being like.
1: You're like, dang it.
0: I'm like, ah, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And if he ever does, like I should, like when he gets saved, you know, if he, if he's ever at a different church other than SRC, I'm really going to be wrestling with, with Mm -hmm. idol a lot, not with jealousy. I mean, can you imagine like Eddie leading worship? Like, Oh my gosh.
1: Okay, you, you get to go through some some heart. He's like he's like the
0: original. He's like the original third day. Like before there was third day, there was Eddie Vedder, right? Before there was Creed, it was it was right? Ed,
1: right? All right, right,
0: awesome. Now, okay, um,
1: I'm going to pay attention.
0: <laughs> I took a rune, a rune, and um, and Tanner out to this coffee shop um, uh-huh. down in downtown Seattle. Uh, this super legit coffee shop and it was in the lobby of one of the amazon buildings one of the new amazon buildings and they oh. actually and they have okay. this like awesome Vic- victrola what's it called victrola yeah i i don't i'm not sure it's like um there's an art gallery in in the basement i mean and in the in the entry area so you go in and there's all these like all these huge posters everywhere okay. like these glossy black and white posters mm-hmm. of so it's like super modern very clean uh-huh. like very like very hip uh-huh. but the pictures are all like these huge black and white glossies of the grunge scene oh and like and and huh. like and it was really amazing and that's cool and i could just tell that maybe a rune i think tanner's just too young he's like 14 but um <laughs> I, even like i think they just did not share that that similar passion really? but i was just like it's i was crazy. like wow hey like, this is so cool <laughs> it's so cool to have something from a grunge era that yeah. doesn't feel grungy though it doesn't feel like gross because, right. that, because if you were actually there in any of those scenes it would have been so stinky and just right. gross but like when yeah. you can see it with, with these matted frames and everything i was like yeah this is this is awesome good coffee <laughs> celebration oh, of the seattle kind nice. of music thing and yeah i thought it, it, it was uh, it was awesome that's cool so hey like um what what are you working on right now like what, what are you what are you either doing that's fresh and new or you're about to kind of launch into because i just i know that you're in like just a lot of transition god's really doing a lot and i also know that mm-hmm. there's the stuff that you can talk about because mm-hmm. of your call and who you are and then there's other stuff that you know that you have you have to keep it more covert but yeah. yeah. What what stuff are you kind of allowed to share regarding just transition and establishing and you know? Okay, let's see.
1: What can I share? You're
0: like, okay, all right, we can we can do this. <laughs> all right.
1: Um, man, there's there's still a lot of things in process because and because the Lord's wanting us to be building these new structures there's been very little music he's let me release over the years. Um, and, or a lot of very little stuff he's had me, yeah, just put out there and, or try to build on. Cause he's like, no, the new foundation has to be in place. Wow. And so a lot of that last year, I've been really diving into the business side of things. Okay. Um, At, at first it was a little overwhelming cause I was like, okay, Lord, I kind of just wish I could record my music and other people do their thing. And it, you know, but I know there's a reason he's wanting, just like you're, you got to learn all the technical stuff for, for this podcast, you getting know, there. like,
0: yeah, getting there. Yeah. 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 And but the groundwork you're talking and about. Yeah.
1: It's like, okay, there's a reason I need to learn all this. And it doesn't mean I'm going to be the one doing all of it. Cause I know it's like, I'm going to need experts who that's really their thing. Um, but it's like, okay, he's entrusted me with these foundational blueprints. And so as I've been learning how the current business systems work, like the entertainment companies, record labels, you know, all the whole structure and flow of things, I've been like filtering that through the structures he's been showing me, um, that heaven looks like and kind of like writing like working out business plans and structures and stuff and then like he's connected me with people who have also been advising and and helping and come alongside awesome to a degree um and so that's that's been a lot of the focus this past year um and then i'm i'm always writing music like that's just always coming out of me and so i have like a basic studio setup like Usually wherever I am, so, um, so I I'm so longing to record my album. It's not quite time, and so, but I'm just kind of like, just kind of preparing the songs, and I, you know, do kind of pre-production and ideas of 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 what direction and and what is supposed to go on the album, and this and that, and kind of the order of things, and so um, I have some of those pieces in place um but and another piece the lord's been showing as well is um you know talking about sound and how like sound of heaven and frequencies and stuff are very much a key and though a lot of the technical um recording equipment and sound samples and and all of that stuff has been Awesome in one way, and another way it's really um it's really dampened and compressed the fullness and the Mm. the the full vibrancy of sound. Right, right, interesting. And so um he's been showing me as well like everything specific that I record right off the bat for moving forward, even like the studio I record it in, the mic I use to in the producer i i know a lot of incredible people but i'm like who is the who
2: sure for interesting piece interesting that
1: can help because i know everything sonically needs to be what it needs to be yeah and i can't settle for something that's just oh this is cool like you know it's like yeah and so i've I like, I feel the fear of the Lord on it. Like that's how important it is. Wow. Like,
2: wow. Like wow.
1: setting, setting a new standard. And some of it is res- restoring it back to, cause even like the quality of MP3s, it's like just totally. the quality, totally. um, has just been suppressed. And there's so much richness and more that is released when you have the fullness of sound in, in the right sounds. And, um, So yeah, so and even just this week since I've been up here, God's connected me with just ah, some amazing people who are carrying key strategies and technologies with sound. Interesting. So so we're just like going at it. We're like, okay, we're okay, we're gonna be continuing this relationship, seeing what we can kind of build together. And so um Interesting, that's awesome. Yeah, so I've in the past, I've tended to want to kind of try to guess like, okay, do I get to start releasing this by fall or this by, you know, like, sure. cause I like to plan cause I want to be faithful with sure, what I'm sure, trying to, sure. you know, but I've learned to just not try to figure that out. Um, because the Lord's just like the foundation is the most important and that is what takes the longest. Right. And so. Yeah, there's just there's still a lot of moving parts that are settling in, and so, um, yeah, there's there's not a lot of specifics that I can share because, I mean there there aren't a ton right now. Like at least, totally, totally. I mean it's all kind of under the surface and with relationships and vision, but it's it's I think these next few months we're gonna start being able to actually kind of click more together
0: yeah i think it's, it's interesting what you're talking about because it's almost like the, the it's like the tension of the artist because on, mm-hmm. on one hand there's the um the uh the responsibility to create mm-hmm. you know to to bless the earth with something that 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 wasn't and now is because you released it right yeah um and so there's like the tension for the for the the artist tension as I'll call it (laughs) is this place where it where it's your desire to create Uh but also what you're seeing hearing experiencing in your heart before it's been created um Mm -hmm. requires a certain level of integrity and that integrity requires relationships time strategy Mm -hmm. environment you know and and all of these things and so um uh So I think that for a lot of incredible artists, the, 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 the tension there is that the, the doers, the manufacturers, the, like the, um, uh, the publishers, you know, what is, what's good about them is kind of like almost the forced accountability that this is your drop date. This is like, this is, this is the release date. Like it has to be. Um, that's great that that you have all this inc- creativity and all this art and all this integrity. Like, so what? It, this will be out on June fifth. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then the attention of the artist is like, "There's no way we're releasing this June fifth, you know, because it's not ready yet, you right. know." And so just just that tension. And then you have uh, other people that are not artists um but they're stinking driven and they make up for not having talent with computers and, and digital technology <laughs>
1: well, they have a different talent
0: well, i was gonna say yeah <laughs> because i've noticed like some of the some of the people that get the most stuff done mm-hmm. aren't necessarily the most artistic they're the most driven right and so yeah you know and versus some of the most artistic creative just amazing like the the most amazing thinkers and visual like they d- there's just not a lot of creative contribution to the earth because the the integrity level is just so high which is awesome because you mm-hmm. know when it does get done it's going to be done right uh-huh. so that's the tension that i felt within within my within myself like at what point do i just do it right um and realizing it's not at it's not at this. It's not at the level that I w- that I would appreciate. But can I create something that I at least can appreciate that I'm not judging myself? Like I don't want to create something that I'm that right. I that I regret. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, so I just think yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation.
1: It is, you know, yeah. And I and I've done I've done bits of all of it. Like I've released stuff that I didn't. I I was like, oh, this could be a little better, but the Lord was saying it needs to be released by this date or need God was you holding know. accountable. Yeah. Like, cause I, sweet. yeah, I've never officially had anyone else telling, but it, if the Lord tells me then like I'm on it and then sweet, that's like, awesome. And that's yeah, what, that's
0: what I need. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I'm hoping I have, I, I'm looking forward to having someone in my life to help me do that as well. Um, cause I think that's an important balance, but Um, and then like I recorded an EP years back that the Lord told me to produce all myself and I'm, I'm a producer, but I, it it was like the first time I, I'm not, I still have a lot to grow on the technical side and then, you know, the equipment and the sound samples and all that. And so it just, it was not where I wanted it, but he was like, produce this, like, this is what is going to be released. And so I just did that. And then I was still thinking, okay, we'll redo it with a legit producer. Yeah. And then he's like, release it. I'm like, are you sure? You know, but, but it was that it was an important growing experience for me. And I think when he releases to really dive in, um, cause I know at least for me, he's been very specific on timing and something he showed me years ago was that my like official kind of launching into this, even though I've been functioning in it and, you know, done, had things publicly here and there, I've done a lot more under the surface. Um, when it was really time to r- release, he said it will be in coherence with w- what I'm shifting with my people in all of the earth. So not just about like launching one artist, and the, but it's like, Okay, it's tied to what he's doing, and so, um, when he says it's time to, like, dive in with my producer and like, okay, it's time to record this for real, and these are the timings. Then I know, okay, we'll have things in place to kind of yeah have that balance of like setting up what I need creatively to be free, but then also the structures and timeline that that empower it, not. And that, that's the tricky balance where you're not squashing the creativity or giving an unrealistic timeline, but you also need that otherwise creatives will never release anything. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm excited about what you're doing just um, with your own education and, and figuring out the dynamics of how to create a foundation within, within the music industry. Hmm. Cause obviously that, that present you with a wonderful opportunity to build a platform to begin to champion, um, young artists for their yeah. own protection as well as yeah, for their absolutely. own like healthy celebration. And like, because for the most part, there's not a lot of like scenes or labels that, that I think maybe necessarily really truly care for their, for their artist. You know, yeah. sometimes it's almost like you probably be the same dynamic in the Christian industry or, or the secular. In fact, um, several friends of mine that are in the Christian industry say that the, they've been on both, both sides mm-hmm. of, of the fence they say that the christian uh, music industry is is far more cutthroat than even the 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 second like in in pretty Mm -hmm. high like pretty high levels as far as those is you know um
1: when they're owned by the same all the same people now
0: yeah i I think i think the difference is that um is that within the secular industry there's no like um, there, there would still be a certain um, mask or a certain appearance of friendliness or whatever but still mm-hmm. like they're pretty they're, they're a lot more brutal I think or a lot more honest as far as if you don't, if you don't produce, or if you don't mm. give them exactly what they, I think. So yeah, I think mm. he is like in the secular kind of music scene. It's like here's the expectation, and if you don't meet this expectation, here is the consequence. Mm. Versus, I think in the Christian yeah. industry, there just there's just a lack of kind of honesty and transparency regarding the expectation and the oh, consequence really? of not producing mm. the kind of art that they are really hoping to see fit their genre or their scene.
1: It's like kind of deceptive.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and of course, now I'm speaking of like 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 one particular case. I'm not speaking of like this. Uh, uh, it's hard to make a blanket judgment right. on a whole industry based right. off of a friend that kind of got screwed over by an in, you know. Right. Um. But uh. But certainly, there's there's horror stories within no matter what industry or sphere you're involved in. There's going to be these these kinds of things. My mm-hmm. point being is like what we need are are people with a heart of a, of a father, a heart of a mother, yeah. But are still have the excellence and the affluence to be able to create healthy um, family environments where yeah. people can come into a scene and really make an impact, mm-hmm. and not be just taken advantage of for. Yeah. For their art within that period of time, that period of col- culture where it's celebrated, mm. and also, my goodness, that we would actually be able to start making art that's actually creative enough that it could be timeless and not just be, yeah, you know, limited to like a period of time where like where something funky was celebrated. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Well, and that that too has been such a pet peeve of mine of like a lot of the Christian culture putting up with subpar excellence and and on-the-nose excellent where it's like very obvious and not creative, like not all of it, but that, you know, and it's like if we're getting this from the real source, like what we're putting out should be the most creative, mind-blowing stuff that they're like, whoa (laughs) like we thought we were amazing like who are these people you know and so and i think part of it is because it was almost like it took us a while to be like oh we should be we should be doing music like this too we should be making films too and as we were catching up it was like the church was just celebrating any attempt (laughs) like (laughs) yay we got a film out like
0: and no, the idea that we though. have to like one up Hollywood, which is just ridiculous. Like when you look at the amount of money that the that like Paramount and Fox and like they they, they have no budgets, you know, like they have as much money as they want. And so to think that that we can kind of overproduce the f- a film mm-hmm. or we're going to out special effect Hollywood, I think is really really like that's that that's horribly presumptuous. Versus what we do have is the power of story and the power of creativity. So if we could like stop trying to overproduce Mm. these, like these produce, like, like these producers, but if we could really get back to the rawness and transparency of just the human experience without, you know, if we could just get like, like get, get rid of the filters, Mm. like if Hollywood's trying to filter everything and, and present this incredible facade for, you know, if we're able to just, um, just say like, yeah, what does it look like to have no, like sure we could have a budget, but we don't want the budget we want for the art to speak for itself. Mm. I think that'd be incredible. Like, mm. and I, maybe that's starting to happen. I'm here. And like, I'm hearing rumblings of like, of cool, uh, filmmakers, uh, that are making cool films and they just so happen to be Christian. And there's like, mm. a, there's a redemptive frequency on the stuff that they're making. Come on, yeah. I think that's cool. Mm. Um, uh, I think that's really cool. I think that's amazing. You know? Yeah. Um, and I would love to hear those stories more because to date, right. I cannot say that I have like a favorite movie yet. That's been made by a Christian. Mm. Yeah. Unless you say Braveheart was unless, unless right. Mel Gibson's a Christian. He could be, I, I you know,
1: he, yeah, I've heard different things, but I I think he's kind of been a forerunner in cracking some of that open. I know he's Catholic, I believe. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Maybe a Catholic
0: Christian, I'm. I'm not sure. And we we, we want to applaud uh, everyone who's making redemptive and restorative art. Absolutely. N- um, no matter what their what their bent, you know what their spiritual bent is. So, like we really want to, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's yeah, we definitely honor that, and it's um, it's still breaking ground and and opening things up, and um, but yeah, and there there has been this process, um for God's people, you know, doing it. And, and, the, and the thing is, too, I think on one hand, it's so important for us to not see it as too big to be able to function like these studios, but the only way that'll be drawn to us is if we start operating governmentally. It's good. Then that type of resources can come into our hands, and we know how, because you know, right now, if a person like a, a typical believer was entrusted with a hundred million dollars, they'd be like, what do I do with all this? Like, and they might do whatever their own dreams are, like give to some charities and whatever. But me, I'm thinking, okay, that can fund one semi-epic film. You know, like I think, event the last Avengers film cost five hundred million.
0: Wow! 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 That's and crazy. That's just so crazy. But
1: <laughs> then it made the larger the film, the more money it makes, and so it's actually not that big of a risk.
0: Sure. So, sure.
1: Because they know they can get the best of the best and do something so freaking epic that it will pack up, pack out. Theaters, which is much rarer than concerts, but you know, these giant ones are kind of bringing some of that back because it's so inspiring, you know, and so and so excellent, it's blowing people's minds like, whoa, we haven't seen effects like that before, and like, you know, all that. And so, but they're operating governmentally, and that's why they have these massive funds and they know how to multiply it.
0: Yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true,
1: and that's our job. You know, and so um, when we start seeing governmentally and we start functioning governmentally, it's not just about providing for me and my household and um, and even just the you know the local church or these things, but it's like who what it what it takes to fund a Sony Pictures or fund Disney or fund Microsoft. It's like the amount of money flow that goes through. That's why the people that are f- at the top levels of those things, like a billion dollars is not much to them at all. Because totally. that goes through their companies yearly almost, you know, or every few years. You know, so, um, and yeah, but like you said, going back to the quality stories and creativity, and then if we steward that well, then, okay, okay now let's get more coming in so that we can draw in the best of the best. Because there are a lot of phenomenal believers who are in the industry who are working on these projects and who are working on these projects and would love to be a part of something that has deeper meaning. (laughs) And so, um, so if they had the opportunity to partner with other believers who are making something really quality, really excellent, really creative, then they would be excited to use their expertise and their excellence and even non-believers. You know, I think anyone wants to be a part of a project that's just dope, like, um, regardless of what the message is. Um, and so, yeah I think that we we need to have our minds set on that like that's not too big. That's not just for them. It's like actually what we get to grow into functioning in um, yeah so we so we can bring the masses into phenomenal stories that they get in enveloped in and are receiving the love and truth and frequency of the Lord and have no idea that's what they're receiving Um, because they they're not coming under the pretense oh I'm coming to a Christian film I don't know about the you know it's we're not putting those labels on it and I'm you know again it's there's nothing bad about that if you know you feel like okay this is a faith film or this is whatever but the impact it'll have when it's like this is just a film a mainstream film that's excellent and creative and um welcome back <laughs> hey, excellent you missed some great stuff i was Did just... you? I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was just saying um oh my gosh now i just lost my Did train. you tell him that i left? I didn't. I so <laughs> to leave. <laughs> I didn't know how you wanted that to play out, so but I figured they'd see it on the camera. Did you just go for it? So I just kept talking. That is so awesome. You didn't even skip
0: a beat. That is so good. Thank you. That's actually a first <laughs> for me in the podcast. So that's great. Well, nice. I just had to go talk to the Lord about something real quick.
1: Oh, okay. He okay. says hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I was just saying how it's... If... Oh my gosh. Where was. Oh, but basically, if um, people. When believers are creating these excellent things, not only are Christians who are already helping make these other epic films or just any other films, but even non believers who are phenomenal at what they do, they're going to want to be a part of the projects. And. Um, And that'll envelop people into this world where it's not being advertised as a faith film or it's not being, you know, presented as that. So people's walls aren't up, but it's just like, this is just a dope. Like the matrix is a great example. Like this is just a dope film that was actually written by a Christian and it kind of got. There's kind of a whole story by that. But God definitely used it because there's so much truth God was releasing through that. And if that was marketed as a Christian thing, like that would have squashed a whole bunch of the impact, you know, and, and most people still have no idea how much God stuff was in there, but it was like, oh, this is a cool world. Like, what is this? Like mystery and adventure and whatever. And then you go and it's excellent and phenomenal. And plenty of people, I'm sure of all faiths and backgrounds worked on it. Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm also just thinking of like, oftentimes like within kind of like the celebrity culture, right? Like, um, uh, you are such an amazing artist. You're such an amazing performer that people will put up with who you really are because Mm -hmm. they appreciate Uh, your script, your movie and all, you know, and all, all this stuff versus, I think of guys like Peter Jackson who did like the Lord of the Rings, um, Mm -hmm. movies, like everybody loved being on the set with him because he, he wouldn't wear socks or shoes. He was like, (laughs) he had like Hobbit feet on. He was like, he was just this fun, short, you know, guy like on the set, like creating Uh this incredible atmosphere. And I think that there's, there's something for us as, 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 um, as uh, as children of god that we would that we would be such like like we'd be such ambassadors of life abundantly yeah. that like like the that the story and the testimony of working with us would be like so thrilling. Like it would contrast any other director or any other filmmaker. Yes. So that even cause that story, like our, our story adds so much credibility, um, uh, to like to our authority, like our story really establishes our, our, our authority, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can have a level of excellence and talent as well as all this character and life and charisma and like, and to build yes. it, like it'd be so amazing to be like, like a, like a Christian filmmaker, but to, like, but to have all these people like, I cannot wait. I, I, I got to work with like, you know, like, like, when you hear that, like, I got to work with that guy. Like, uh, I want to work with that guy. Like, yeah. wouldn't it be amazing if there were, like, actual, like, like, uh, sons who are manifesting in these realms that are manifesting such life and energy and mm-hmm. excitement and just crazy, unprecedented creativity yes. that people are just like, I got to work with that guy. Like, I might not believe what he believes in, mm-hmm. but I got to work with him.
1: Absolutely. One, it's also like, or her, or her, right. <laughs> yes. yes, right. <laughs> And it's funny because even we put these terms like, I want to work a Christian director. And and of course, I get what you mean. But it's funny because when people are like, oh, I want to work with Spielberg, it's not, oh, I want to work with a Jewish producer. (laughs) Like <laughs> that's funny. but yeah.
0: I, I got to work with the Jewish, Jewish producer. Yeah. <laughs> like why? Which <laughs> I really want to make a movie with an African American. Like,
1: like what? <laughs> like, well, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Cause that's, that's great. But it's, it's like, it's a great point. We, I'm tracking. It's like, um, that's and, a great point. and even kind of like, um, is it like back when I was first performing <laughs> in college and, and doing my music? I'd have Christians come up to me and ask me like, "Oh, is your music Christian?" Oh, wow. And I was like, that's like asking if my keyboard's Christian. Totally. Totally, I don't totally. Put Jesus stickers all over it. <laughs> totally. But everything I play, regardless of the genre or content of the song, is giving him glory. And so it's like I don't need to advertise myself as a Christian artist or even an artist that's Christian. That's good. Absolutely. You know, and it's because life is just exploding out of it and people are gonna be drawn and so so there's kinda like this reframing the Lord's wanting to do where it's like that. Yeah. so like oh I wanna work with this dope producer and then someone's like, Oh did you know he's a Christian? What? He is awesome you know. So that is kinda something I feel he's wanting to shift, you know, in our mindset. But it the concept is still there, of course. Like we do need phenomenal directors who are christians and screenwriters who are christians facilitating that but not necessarily labeling it i agree as as like as it's a genre
0: yeah i agree because
1: it's not then it's putting up walls um yeah so
0: yeah yeah I, i i agree And and I'm definitely open with, uh, and I know you'd be too, as far as like there being a Christian genre and people actually being called to that kind of Christian genre. You know, like, cause Mm -hmm. I think that there's, there's a place for that, but I also think that that's all there's been. Yeah. Like Christian rap, Christian classical music, Christian jazz, like Christian yeah, you know, you know, versus being like, "Hey, why don't you just be a Christian?" But why don't you actually go and see how you're measuring up with people that are actually in kind of the mainstream industry,
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: allow that standard to maybe maybe you're going to go far beyond the that are awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're not quite measuring up, but it's actually going to pull you. It's actually going to make you accountable to. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be awesome. And I think that people are starting to catch on to that whole. I think artists are starting to think differently. Yeah. But it's just been in our lifetime. Like this mm-hmm. conversation and this is like just in the last 20 years, wouldn't you say as far as people breaking out of that kind of paradigm?
1: Yeah, I think so. well and I think part of the reason they s- started some of the Christian industry is because they, it's like they had a hard time getting into the current vehicle. Um,
0: oh yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> so, totally. you know, and so they, it was like they kind of needed to create something um, to facilitate that.
0: But there's also the legalism of the 80s as well, though, that basically said that you could only listen to, and I don't know how much of that's mm. part of your own kind of story, but, you know, there was there was a structure where it's like, if it's not Christian, you don't listen to it. It won't be in our house if it's not Christian, you know? Right. And so it gave us children of the 80s, mm. like, like we got to listen to rap music because it was Christian rap music, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we got to listen to d- rock music and different kinds of genres, you know, until we got that... Right. Age we started sneaking Pearl Jam albums into <laughs> the house, you know, and then we told our parents it's Christian, but, um, you know, uh, versus now I like, sure. There are still like, there's still standards and there's still, you know, things that we have to process through, but I just think that there was a legalistic structure that kind of framed out this yeah. genre specific, um, categories for art.
1: Yeah. So rather than just discerning, is this artist clean? It's like, Oh, if there's a Christian sticker on it, then we can have it or our kids can listen to it and um, and I mean and when you think about it I mean this similar thing would be saying oh this is Christian music this is atheist music this is you know fill in the blank this you know Islam music yeah exactly it's like the, Islamic rap <laughs> the other people artists of other religions it's kind of funny don't yeah say <laughs> this is islamic rap or this is yeah. islamic country western music you know right it, yeah it's just like oh this is a country western art, artist and he happens to be you know whatever and so it really is and the lord told me years ago to stop using the word christian and secular It's good because secular means void of god wow and so we're actually framing up keeping that void really good, of God. Really good. Therefore, anything with God can't penetrate. Really good. And so that's what he said, call it mainstream. Awesome. And then there's worship. Because worship has a function of that intimacy with Yahweh when you're already in relationship. So when you know, sons come together who are already in that relationship, you're worshiping the Lord together. That serves a different function. And then To me, what he's shown me is that everything else is just music that goes into all streams of life and because God created all of life. And so, I mean, you know, you have this fun dance song and it's talking about just being free to release the dance. To me, that's out of the heart of God.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But
1: I'm not going to call it Christian. Right. Because, you know, yeah, it just, it just puts this box on it that cuts off a lot of the life and puts it in this religion rather than like just release it into creation. God didn't call that tree is a Christian tree and that is that rivers
0: yeah because we're, we're kind of inconsistent in it like we're, we're like we have Christian music but we don't go to Christian um uh grocery stores or like Christian restaurants right, right? like exactly. so we'll, we'll eat food you know that's been offered I don't know like we'll eat food from like a like from a secular restaurant like we don't think that way
1: right or we- you go into like a Thai restaurant and there's like Buddha there but they don't advertise we're a Buddhist restaurant you know it's just like no we have Thai food and and then you see kind of atmosphere and what they flow in.
0: Which is which is really funny. I mean, t- I, I've never heard of a Christian that, that said, no, I'm not going to eat here because there's a Buddha statue in the restaurant. Right. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> so there's like a certain level of incons- inconsistency there as far as we'll interact and engage and even receive into our body, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's just this reframing of like. I
0: like Yeah, I like that. Let's just
1: breathe life into creation, period. And let the fruit speak for itself and draw the people. um, And then they can ask what the source is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. If
1: I'm trying to preach to them, this is who this is coming from. They're going to be like, "Eh, eh," you know, but it's like, no, if the fruit is so attractive, they're going to just ask. And when they're asking, it's going to be easy for them to be drawn into it. You
0: know, awesome, awesome, awesome. People are gonna want to connect with you. They're gonna want to like follow this 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 awesome journey um, that you're on. And so uh, you're on like Instagram and Instagram
1: um, and Twitter mostly.
0: Cool. So i'll uh, I'll put the I'll put your handle in the okay. show notes. And so okay. everybody connect with Brittany because she's on this wild journey. And what I love about Instagram is you can actually go back uh-huh. and see a lot of the cool stuff that you've done. And you can kind of right. like see the different things over the years and stuff. Um, so yeah, connect with Brittany and check out. With Brittany and check out the cool stuff that she's done, but also so that we can really celebrate you and encourage you um, with the stuff that you're uh, engaging with in the present and that you're about to. And I'm super excited about your your desire to uh, you just said foundation so many times mm-hmm. throughout this conversation. Now, and I love that. Like, I love the fact that, that that you that you really care about the platform that you're going to be building on, mm-hmm. but not just for yourself, but for future generations to also build on. I know that right. anytime you say the word foundation, that just immediately implies that this is going to take some time. Yeah. But I also think that that just shows a great level of maturity in that mm-hmm. if we're going to build something, let, let's be like the wise man that built the house on the rock, right? Yeah, exactly. So that it can survive um, the cultural winds, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the religious fads so that we can actually yeah. really build something that's timeless and that, you yes. know, and create art that's timeless. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, and so this has been a fun conversation, just really hearing your own kind of like artistic ethic, as well mm-hmm. as really uh, hearing just like your maturity and discerning and just being obedient to the Lord and these incredible opportunities that you had and turned down because just this whole place of, of obedience is greater than sacrifice. Mm. And I just know that God is, is rewarding you and will continue to uh, reward you with incredible opportunities to really, Um, uh, 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 bring his light and life and truth and justice onto the earth. So Mm -hmm. I know I'm applauding you, Brittany. I know everybody that listens to to this is going to be greatly encouraged and hopefully challenged by just this, this conversation. So thanks Mm -hmm. so much for doing this.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an honor and privilege and.
0: and next time you come to seattle we'll have both cameras both, <laughs> so we'll be way more yes. technological t- technologically advanced here all right it'll, it'll be it'll be 3d you know Ooh, okay yeah, yeah yeah okay
1: i might come back for that then so let's do it again
0: <laughs> appreciate you yeah
1: i'd love to thank you darren you're amazing
0: awesome